Join spiritual psychologist and India's number one biofeedback practitioner, Ritu Malhotra, as she guides you through the paths of self-discovery and personal transformation so that you can live in alignment with your values and purpose. This podcast is brought to you by Ajna Center for Learning. To know more about Ajna and connecting with the host, check out the links given in show notes. You are listening to the Cellular Alchemist podcast and here's your host, Ritu Malhotra. Hi, Manisha. Hi, Ritu. So lovely to meet you. Absolutely. I am excited to know about someone who could name their uh, workshop top or their entire work as impossible transformations you know yes. that really intrigued me and uh, i think it's such a strong and impressive way to uh, you know state your identity how did you come about that i think um, it's fascinating actually in, in in terms of the work you know uh, in fact i met my husband 6 years ago my uh, husband right now and when we got together it was regarding our work which was in the social space initially but right now it's uh, in parallel we were always doing the transformation work mm-hmm. and the more we did this work we were looking at we were just astounded at the shifts and changes that were happening in people's life that would have felt really impossible mm-hmm. to do you know to truly find your purpose that you're really embodying and living and believing in in mm-hmm. in a few days is just unheard of i mean i'd been on so many courses to seek what is it that i'm here for and you know on this planet and mm-hmm. i remember when i went through this process with him i i i just knew this is it this was my purpose and there's no way it's going to be any different and we've done that for thousands of people you know since then yeah. and he's been doing this work much earlier yeah. so it just felt like really impossible things that feel impossible was so possible that's kind yeah. of where the name eventually came from impossible okay. Okay. yeah okay yeah. yeah so giving a vision to the impossible is something we don't really do ourselves you know we need a little bit of uh, uh support we need a little bit of a push we need a little bit of possibly uh, you know just to reiterate the possibility yes. you know, within us you know yeah. and um, what uh, you know so that that's a lot different from where you started you know you you went to business school and uh, that uh, was the start of the journey i guess kind of um, yeah. so and then how you know what what took you to business school and my my point is that how did what you did in business school in that environment yeah. you know how did that change for the manisha that today. i am today yes yeah. so i've had quite a multifaceted career in terms of you know my journey over life so i i started off as an engineer um, i did my engineering here in bitspilani and then went across to england i got married and i went there so i've lived there for i'm and still live there for 30 mm-hmm. years now mm-hmm. and in the last 6 years i've been going back and forth mm-hmm. and um, 
And I realized engineering, I don't know, I think I did it because I just wanted to prove that any girl can do it too. This was almost, you know, 30 years ago, <laughs> but it wasn't my forte necessarily. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed my time there at uni, but uh, it wasn't something that I was going to continue for long. So yeah. I needed to change my career from the IT side and the engineering side. And that's what took me to, you know, apply for London Business School. And I remember going in for an information session at uh, at LBS and I was just blown away and I was so excited that I said, there's no other school I wanted to apply for. So I just applied for that and thankfully I got in. And uh, the next thing I know, um, it was an amazing journey because it was just so international. So it just kind of opened up my whole mind and brain and how the world works, how economies work, how businesses work was just, you know, uh, amazing to open up to the, to that. And to the global world, I think that was the key because I really enjoyed meeting people from all different countries and uh, and just the way each one thinks um, yeah. coming from those different cultures was yeah. very, um, how should I say, not just inspiring, but invigorating in every yeah. conversations we would have. So yeah. that um, that journey took me into my whole career in management consulting, and um, and I joined IBM's management consulting arm there in London and worked in the telecom space for at least four years. Uh, this was the time when 3G licenses and data and all of it was, you know, uh, coming into play. And I really, uh, I loved that time. Uh, I loved that time. So... I don't know if there's more to add to it, but I think um, learning the world of business, playing fully with different clients across different countries was just amazing. And um, and I also knew at that time it, that was enough because it was great to transform businesses in terms of, you know, making them efficient, effective and uh, turning out more uh, revenues. But um, the human potential is what got me at that time. And I, I just felt that the potential of human beings was not being unleashed as much as it could have done as um, in those business. And even now, I think much better, but in those days, it wasn't that great. So that's great to, uh, you know, read uh, your website and to go through uh, so many varied steps along the way that you have, uh, you have encountered and uh, what it's done to you. But most of all, I was so intrigued by the lead, uh, uh, lead like Gandhi, uh, you know, you know, the initiative initiative. or even the title itself, you know, what were the events or experiences that got you first to choose that? Yeah. And then to emulate some of that in your, in, in your work. work. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Gandhi is somebody I had been totally inspired by from my childhood and I think for many you know he's one of these leaders who just did the impossible truly truly and uh, and and did it in a way that you know truly um, tapped into the core of every soul of another human being you know he did it from that space and and I think for I don't see any other leader having done that tapped into the you know core humanness of every the core beauty of every human um that exists mm-hmm. um tapping into that and speaking to that and making change happen at this scale I don't think I've seen any any other leader on this planet do that so the work with Gandhi started actually I came to India to work on a social initiative called global action on poverty and that's how I met mm-hmm. um 
met Sunil, my current husband, who was initiating that at that time. And um, and we did we launched it at the Gandhi Ashram in Ahmedabad, and because we felt that's the space where, you know, some grand initiative like this needs to be launched because it speaks to what Gandhiji stood for to create equality among um, you know all strata of society and also to do it in a way that is self-sustaining, and that was the you know philosophy of Gap, and um, yeah. and so. We got connected to the whole Gandhi community that exists in Ahmedabad. And they were such amazing people in the way they were living their lives. Uh, there's a whole beautiful community there, um, you know, including Tushar Gandhi. And uh, you know that he lives there, but he's connected to the Gandhi Ashram, obviously, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and the directors and so on. And mm-hmm. I think what... Uh, just being there, I think we were touched by the spirit of Gandhi. That's all I can say, even more so whilst we yeah. were there doing that event. So we had Mohamed Yunus and Aruna Roy and all these others who have been creating real change on mm-hmm. the ground. And, um, and yeah, every time we do an event there, it's just magical. You know, however chaotic it is, eventually it ends mm-hmm. up being terribly sure. organized. We are there and it's magical. So that's what, you know, sown the seed of uh, Gandhi. Sunil and myself, we are really passionate about Gandhiji's way of life and we're not saying we want no, want to become a Gandhian necessarily but what can we imbibe and espouse that we can bring into today's leadership you know and uh, it took yeah. us a year so after we finished with the gap activities over a few years we were Sunil had the idea said let's create a fellowship where we bring in you know senior, senior people who can really be imbibed by the philosophy of Gandhiji in a way that they can apply it in their organizations and create change in society on a much larger scale than we, you know, we are currently seeing and doing. And that's what kickstarted the initiative. It took us a whole year. We had people from different parts of the world, almost 20 people designing that fellowship, brought them together, Mm. met regularly, designed it, and we launched it in February 2019. And it was just a most enriching experience that I've had in my whole life. Totally, totally. So So with all that you do, Manisha, with with all that you do, I mean, it's staggering. So we all know and admire you as the leader that you are, the coach that you are. Where uh, do you prioritize? How do you prioritize your your personal time? I mean, uh, you know, how do you chill out? Yeah, I think personal life... For me right now, personal and work life, there's no demarcation. It's all it's all one because it's all fun, it's all love, it's all play in a way that you know just feels true to who uh, to who I am right now at this stage in my life. So there's no demarcation. So I love the work I do, and about so so I think somehow the priority has become the world of transformation right now. So having been through the business world, the social change world, and, you know, uh, right now the world of transformation is my kind of full-time thing, even though I've been involved in it for a long time. And then apart from that, I love spending time. I love, we love traveling. So I think in the last six years, I've traveled so much that I've never traveled in my whole life. And I love exploring and doing that. I also love, um, exploring my spiritual seeking it's not a huge seeking but wherever I feel drawn to I I do that whether it's 
uh, attending, whether it's doing my own energy consciousness work or whether, you know, I just like exploring that esoteric world even mm-hmm. more so than, and the metaphysical world, as you would call it. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I spend time doing that. And my mm-hmm. daughter, who's 22, she's in England. So uh, I travel back and forth quite a lot. So get to spend time with her. Um, and, and I love being in England as well because I miss it right now when I'm here sometimes, you know, just the life. And I think the energy of that land also calls to me. So, you know, both of those. Uh, Fortunately, that-, that will soon be, uh, you'll be able to do that. I, I yes. hope this vaccine and everything else. Yes. Um, so another thing that um, I want, I'd like to end with really, because, um, you know, I, I was told that we have very little time. Sure. So I, I, I don't want to miss an important part Something that fascinates me a lot and is one of my deep interests is documentaries. I watch a lot of documentaries. And I, I read that you have dabbled with making a documentary film or you probably do more of them. So is, is there something we can watch? Yeah, you, you can. I can send you a link. I haven't necessarily promoted it hugely. It, was, it actually started me on my social change journey. Because I had really wanted to, um, how do I say, I think this was my coach at that time who said, Manisha, if you really want to dab into that, go and see what the scenario is truly, you know, and that's what got me to come to India at that time, uh, connect with a charity called Akanksha and um, and because their work was very empowering rather than just, you know, continuing with the charity cycle. I said, let me tap into the stories of these two kids who've been, who've been through this transformative journey with Akanksha mm-hmm. and, um, and are in a very empowered, sustained space in their life. And the magic of where they are and how they are so much happier and empowered was the journey I you know, went with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was good fun. I think just being in Mumbai, yes. going to the Haravi and all the various um, slums, not a great start. Uh, great space in terms of the lives of people but I could also you know tap into the joy and happiness that every human being has irrespective of where they are and I think that's the essence of what I managed to capture in that documentary Mm -hmm. Um, I just use people to to do it with yeah Yeah. and since then I I haven't necessarily created more documentaries but uh, Mm -hmm. that that just got me to experience it fully yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, and it was wonderful to to hear it in person from you. Uh, and um, I will definitely wait for you to send me that link, and uh, I'd love to watch it. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you so much, Ritu. It's just so wonderful to chat to you about all this, and I want to know a little bit more about you too. So. I think the, the first time I just went to your website to look at who you are and what you've done and. Uh, having created the the center that you have for you know a lot of different uh, healing and um, metaphysical as well as emotional well-being um, I think it's just incredible work it feels like it's a lifetime's work that has come together that you're sharing with the world can you share a little bit about um, about your work and especially you know what brought you into this stage of your life into this work in the first place and how did it impact you yeah, uh, you know, I, I do uh, believe, and especially now, that um, nothing happens, um, uh, you know, without a reason. Yeah, there's purpose in everything. 
And uh, so uh, the fact that I came into a very, um, you know, very grave sickness uh, from the age of two, uh, I constantly, um, you know, heard messages that I would not be able to live a normal life uh, because I just couldn't breathe. You know, so I was on apparatus at a very young age and I couldn't, I didn't grow up like other youngsters can. I couldn't do my schooling like other people do. I missed a lot uh, of that. Uh, and uh, whatever was happening at the time uh, had a limit, you know, to how, how much better I could get. So it forced me to explore uh, alternative methods of healing. And I went into it whole hog. You know, whether it was fasting, whether it was detox, whether it was colon cleanse, whether it was pranayama, whether it was standing on my head or doing all types of yoga, etc. I just had to get well. I just had to. What's the illness? Do you, would, would you mind sharing so, that, Ritu? It was a very serious uh, asthmatic condition. Okay. Uh, it was obviously a very, um, you know, uh, it was allergic, which... A lot of people couldn't understand where the allergy would come from. Yeah. Uh, but I would suddenly go into spasms and, you know, things like that. Okay. So my mother was extremely careful. I was very protected and I couldn't do much. So as I was dealing with the physical getting better, I uh, realized as I was exploring that it was not just physical. It was psychosomatic. There were uh, emotions there that... Uh, were um, uh, being resisted and I was not going to the place I really wanted to get at, which is where my psychological training started. So I did my psychological degree and I was not at all happy with the way it was being taught, especially in India. Mm -hmm. And uh, because, um, you know, my mother had to, um, well, sort of settle me yeah. before I went sicker yet. I was engaged when I was 16 years old and I got married. And by the time I realized that this psychology degree was not for me uh, and I had to do more, uh, I already had two kids. Okay. So then I decided that this wasn't going to work. So uh, I started searching again and that took me to California which is the seed of everything that is unconventional. So true. <laughs> I, I lived there for yeah. uh, almost 10 years, you know, going back and forth, uh, taking my kids with me sometimes, sometimes taking up assignments that I could do here. It wasn't easy. Finding yeah. the teachers that really uh, uh, walked their talk was yeah. also, uh, you know, very fortunate. And I did find them. Uh, there was a group of scientists and researchers mm -hmm. that were researching various other alternative methods yeah. of communication communication with the body. And that is how kinesiology happened. Yes. And I finally went into educational kinesiology, which was, um, um, you know, uh, the neuroscience of the brain. And then I went into uh, actual uh, emotional work with this group that they became my mentors and I lived with them for um, for a long time. But, you know, more than anything as the essence of what I got, which is my, um, you know, my reason for being today, is that you know, what is living, it's, it's an energy game. Yeah. And it's in, in, in three dimensions, this energy game. Yeah. 
Yes. And, uh, you know, every time I think or speak or feel, mm-hmm. I influence this energy. Totally. I'm responsible for what I'm creating. Yes. You know, so that led me to, um, you know, to, to change the way I saw this world, to change the way I saw myself, my own possibility or what I could do. And uh, I realized what a gift this illness has been. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for that, yeah. I would not be here today, you know. So I wouldn't have been here. So, um, you know, that went on and on. And of course, I started to live uh, my life uh, as the movie that it is, uh, knowing very well that uh, I am the director, producer and actor and all of that in in my movie, you know. So that's how that was. That's how beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what got you to start the Ajna Center? Is that something that you wanted to teach what you've learned to everybody? Is that where, what was the dream and premise of that? Okay, so uh, what the essence of uh, my own healing first yes. was that, you know, the body is the ultimate truth of, of us. Mm? The body never lies. True. It always lets us know what it's feeling, what it wants. It's just that we don't know how to listen to it. Yeah. So as I said, that every time I have a thought, it passes through my whole body. It's there in every cell of my body, you know, from the top of my head to the bottom of my my toes. And there's a memory in these cells, Mm. you know, and it becomes like a program within, just like a computer program. Yeah. So... I have eons of information in this body, just like my computer does. But what is the point of this memory if I cannot access it? Yes. Yes. So I began the uh, study of kinesiology, which is really a biofeedback. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, it tests by testing the body. We determine what the issue really is, not what the person says. Yes. But what the body says the issue is in terms of what is the priority emotion that yes. you're feeling. Yeah? yeah, And then we can find out through testing the body whether how much stress you have, how much motivation you have. And the most important is that, uh, you know, this memory was caused so long ago mm. and dominates my life mm-hmm. now in present time. Mm. You know, I need to go back there very important part of of my work I don't work so much in present time as I do where the memory was caused yeah yeah so by going back there Mm -hmm. we can edit delete and reprogram yes and and this and in the process heal a lot of the ailments and the stuff that you're stuck with absolutely is it and that's because yeah. Yeah. And all I'm really doing is I am de-stressing this body True. so that I'm honoring the fact that it is a free flowing mechanism of energy yes. that finds homeostasis yes. when we remove the obstruction. Totally. Got it. Beautiful. Yeah. So Very removing beautiful. the obstruction is all I do. And that also, I know that I'm no authority for your life. You yes. are. Yes. So you are merely using me to find out what you want. Totally. Which totally. a lot of times is impossible to state, even to myself. Yes. You know? yes. So yes. 
And uh, I see the function of stress. I see that, you know, we, uh, it is necessary for us to learn. Yeah. And once we learn, uh, we don't need that experience again. Yeah. We can move on, you know. Yeah. So that's what I do. And um, most important of all, I learned to say, isn't that interesting? <laughs> so no matter what happens, I say, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Which yes. really runs my life at the moment. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So amazing work. And I know it's such deep work as well, because I know so much of the trauma, the issues, they just release. I mean, I've experienced this through a kinesiologist you know, that I've worked with as well. So I really understand the power of your work, which is awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for because that. It is an experience. I can't talk about it as much as, you know, you have to just yes. go through it. Yes. Just like meditation or yoga. Yes. You can't, really you can't talk about it too much, but at least you can create enough intrigue if people haven't tried it to know that it exists. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. If they're called yeah. to it. So if you had, you know, um, this is a question I love asking people because I'm amazed at the kind of answers that come, is imagine you had all the resources in the world and you had all the lifetime span that you needed, uh, everything handled. What would you dream of making happen in the world? Uh, you know, this is very interesting because there are so many different stages of, of life when this dream takes a different form yes. you know, and it changes yes. completely. Yes. Sometimes a nightmare, it turns into this want to be at that stage today. Yes. You know, yes. I, you asked me about resources. I have as much resource as I need today in my life to do whatever I want to do. Uh, the starting of Ajna, which is a nonprofit yeah. uh, foundation yeah. uh, is also just addressing the stigma that is attached to uh, any kind of emotional work in our society. Yes. You know? So yes. I see people every day. I've been doing training still just this COVID started. Yes. And people pay whatever they can for yeah. those that cannot pay at all. Sure. So that uh, is resourceful in itself. Yes. I realize now and I see that it is my energy Mm. that I need to focus on, really. The rest just takes care of itself. People come to support me as I wish today. And hence, I have started a foundation, a scholarship foundation, yeah. which started just uh, for uh, rural Maharashtra, yeah. primarily for girls, yeah. uh, supporting um, science students mm -hmm. uh, from the villages of Maharashtra. Okay. I started with five girls, Wow. Uh, today, I have 135 Beautiful. girls that are totally their uh, academic, um, uh, you know, um, uh, stuff is paid for. Uh, we also, because they're from, from the villages, they're all meritorious students, yeah. but they are because they're from the villages, they don't have the holistic education that they need to fly, yeah. you know. So yeah. every month we have... Um, various developmental workshops for them. Mm -hmm. Besides that, each child of mine has a mentor, you know, okay. and I have 50 very well-meaning and well-intentioned caring people that wow. support me in this. Also, because this has been going on for 10 years now, mm. the alumni mm -hmm. have become mentors now. So, so they now support the, yeah. the kids that are coming in. Each child stays with us for five years. 
Beautiful. You know, from BSc one yeah. to uh, MSc two and research. So a lot of our kids who yeah. are really from very, very poor families, yeah. you know, some of them, uh, their families are not educated at all. They have gone to McGill in Canada. They have gone to Sweden. They've gone, they're living in Norway today. And there are oh, people spread out all over. Yeah. So I'm involved in many such activities, which my husband and I really want to spend our time doing. Uh, another one is we just, with Swiss collaboration, we just started a skill development center mm. in uh, Pune. Mm. And this is the skills of tomorrow, which is really uh, mechatronics, uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, 3D printing, even deep sea welding, mm. which is not done in India today. Yes. Yes. Another section we have in this is innovations in agriculture. You know, hydroponics and all those kind yes, of things. Yes, this is also yes. a highly subsidized uh, institute. Yeah. And I wish to spend my time doing that. I can see It's really that. like a dream come true. So when you ask me about what more I dream of, I dream of focusing and spreading this energy as much as I can. Beautiful. Be centered enough and aligned enough to do that Fantastic. and uh, that takes up all my time really thank you thank you so much what an amazing journey and you are you know so multifaceted and so much energy to do a whole variety of things from healing to change in the social space to the new technology and innovations that are happening i think you you've spread your wings across right and i think you can you're going to continue making amazing impact. So thank you, Ritu, for the time. So was a, uh, I, I just want to leave it with this one um, yeah. uh, Zen saying that I, uh, I I love a lot. And that is that the snow falls. Yeah. Hmm, the snow falls and every snowflake in its place. And it really is like that, wherever it is that that it snowflake is. needs to be. It is. It exactly is. This is right. Yes. Really. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That was this week's episode for the Cellular Alchemist podcast with spiritual psychologist Ritu Malhotra. Don't forget to follow the podcast and join us next week for yet another episode. Thank you for listening.